0: Welcome to your bestie Esty. I'm Ariel and I'm here in the Lash and Beauty Bar in sunny and beautiful Half Moon Bay. It's really sunny today. It's actually sunny today. That's nice. <laughs> That's nice. And we are doing our usual thing. We're hanging out in the lounge at Lash and Beauty Bar, the in in the lab. And we're sitting on this like plushy carpet. You may have seen pictures of us doing this on Instagram.
1: <laughs> yes. It's
0: really it's really a nice sort of setup she's got here. We've got some couches. There's a little coffee maker next to the couches. So, yeah, you should definitely stop on by if you're in the area. And if you want to book your services with Alyssa, you can do so at Lash and Beauty Bar com. You can also follow her on Instagram. I highly recommend it. She posted some really good skincare tips the other day and um, I post things
1: yeah I post some skincare things and (laughs) some other stuff it's worth a follow
0: today we have a really special guest with us we have a registered nurse and seasoned injector with over 30 years of experience although you wouldn't guess it to look at her Her name is Melissa Gordon. Thank you so much for joining us, Melissa. Thank you for having me.
2: I'm really happy to be here. So tell everyone where they can find you really quickly. My primary clinic is in Walnut Creek, California, in the East Bay of the San Francisco Bay Area. It's a really nice area. It's very nice. It's just me in a tiny room there. And then my new clinic is in Paso Robles and uh, that's right exactly in the middle between San Francisco and Los Angeles, right off the Central Coast. It's right in the middle. I have family there, and my long-term goal is to move there, and I have been working there part-time once or twice a month for um, over two and a half years.
0: So Paso Robles is like, a California wine region.
2: Yes, it is. I think it would be
0: such a cute girls' trip to go visit Melissa at her clinic and maybe do
1: some wine tasting.
2: I think that's great, although (laughs) there might be some bruising involved if we're drinking wine with injections, (laughs) but that's okay.
1: Yeah, I think you're supposed to avoid uh, alcohol for... Two days before depending
2: on what you're getting done yeah. <laughs> so you, you you can't
0: do the wine drinking before the injection or after the in, you have to wait a certain amount of time after we're gonna get
2: into it, it depends yeah. on who you ask really I you know I have friends who I don't do listen
0: it. to that
1: that rule <laughs> but I mean
0: but you're always supposed to listen to your esthetician and definitely to your nurse injector you are supposed to listen yes. to her <laughs> Definitely. So Melissa, how did you first get interested in medical aesthetics? Like how did, how did you discover that?
2: I was always a little bit of a beauty product junkie growing up. Fair I was enough. A girly girl makeup and twirly clothes and all of that. And a little bit of a tomboy too, I guess, but I, I had a horrific case of cystic acne. Um, and I actually had to have one of those cut from my face. And I had a scar. Oh my and it left goodness. a weird blue line. And people would always say, you've got ink on your face. You know, it's a scar. And I kept going to dermatologists and trying to get help. And it just wasn't available then, what we have now. So I worked on it myself. I learned about acids. Same thing happened a couple of years later. I had a little burst blood vessel on my knee. And it looked like a big stain of ink. And I had because I was a nurse, I was a surgical technologist first, and then I worked in the operating room mostly as a nurse, I saw how you could use, la- we were using lasers and Botox in, in, in a medical way. And I paid, I remember I paid $300, and in about 30 seconds, this thing on my leg was gone, and it was very powerful. I realized, wow, you can change somebody's life, and they feel, if you feel good, you look good. If you look good, you feel good. And ironically, I had melanoma in my early 20s, and I've oh. since had skin cancer nine times, <gasps> and I'm I, I grew up in Minnesota, so I wasn't a big sun worshipper, uh, but I did lay out with baby oil and iodine, and when I was young to try to uh-huh. get tan, I have not been a tan seeker for decades and decades. But I still get skin cancer. So there, there's a lot of things we could talk about. That um, <laughs> maybe there's maybe there's some truth to getting no sun versus getting a little bit of sun might be more of a protection factor than none at all. So anyway, working in the medical field as a nurse, mostly hospital-based, I was a traveling nurse. I'm into beauty products. I had skin cancer. I started learning about the ingredients, learning about retinol, learning about exfoliation and antioxidants. And it's, you know, skincare is crazy in our country. And I, I liked it, and I have a really great gift for, um, it's called structural visualization you can see in three dimension. Oh, that's, and I I'm have so really jealous, great, I um, There's a test that. you can take to test your fingers, finger dexterity, so I'm very dexterous with little fine tools, and it just kind of made sense. And I took a course, and um, I worked for an OBGYN that had a laser and did a little bit of Botox, and then I got another job at a much bigger center that was quite busy doing lots of laser, laser hair removal, and other, then moved on to IPLs and photofacials and Fraxel and vein removal, and eventually I started working for plastic surgeons. I've worked for a couple plastic surgeons, a couple derms, and now I'm with a new platform in the industry called Portrait Portrait Care, and it allows me to have autonomy and my own clinic, um, but with camaraderie and support. Because I'm a nurse, I cannot prescribe, and a lot of what I do is 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 a drug, so legally, and um, policies and procedures in place. Every patient has a good faith exam before I see them. So I'm with them for over two two years now, and I'm really liking it. It has its challenges joining a new company and anything business-wise. You know, I'm a clinician, not a businesswoman, but I'm learning, and it certainly is an interesting ride. That definitely sounds complicated. So could
0: you explain um, what the difference is exactly between... A medical aesthetician, a medical aesthetics practice, and a non medical aesthetics practice?
2: Well, it really depends where you live. California has very stringent rules and regulations. I could move to another state and do a lot of things without the restrictions in California. Mm -hmm. For example, a good faith exam where a physician or an advanced practitioner. Or a physician's assistant a physician's associate examines the patient before I see it's kind of like in the hospital though like nurses give a lot of most of the drugs sometimes the doctors have never given that drug so I'm injecting Botox or Dysport but am I prescribing it I can't in California so there's different levels if you will so, do
0: you have to get your prescriptions from your supervising physician? Yes. Is that we, how that works? Yes, we have a
2: team. Okay. We have a medical clearance team. And the fillers or the collagen stimulators, a lot of the products I use, they're considered medical devices, like a class one, class two medical device, um, or they're a prescription. So, that's different than, say, medical grade skincare. Okay. So it's different strengths. It has the potential to harm somebody more in in many cases. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Right. So I mean, it just has to be more controlled.
0: I think it w- it could be potentially fatal to get injections done wrong of Correct. these materials. Correct. So in a way, it is. It, it's good that those systems are in place to protect the consumers. But at the same time, you're saying that it's a little bit less strict in other states, and potentially someone who has the right knowledge base would be able to practice using those Correct. tools. Correct.
1: I think the thing with, to, to the point that, you know, it's it's good that they're, the rules are in place, but I think they're also a little arbitrary because even, like, you could be um, a doctor and, you know, and that's not your field and then you just take a, you learn how to do some injections and you could not be good at it. I feel like (laughs) just because you have what California deems okay doesn't mean you're good at it. And somebody like for me, for instance, you know, if there were more, um, better like certification courses for stuff that work, you, you have to have the requirement for the certification and it's X amount of days or weeks or whatever. I think, there could be people who are not nurses or doctors or whatever who could be good at it as well. I feel like just because they're board certified or whatever doesn't necessarily mean that they know what they're doing.
2: I agree. And,
1: so, yeah, there, I feel like, you know, uh, one of the things we'll talk about is how to look for, what are the red flags <laughs> to look for when you're seeking out somebody to to do injections.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important thing
1: to talk about
0: because <laughs> girls are out there getting injections a lot younger these days. Yes, I, they are. Um, one of my jobs right now, I work in a restaurant and uh, we have a new hostess that's training and she's all of 15 or 16. And she, I mean, she's not getting injections yet, but she has a lot of awareness of skincare just from the online
2: We're inundated with it now.
0: Yeah. There's a ton of information out there on
2: social media. Too much,
1: I feel like. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's too much out there. And it's overwhelming.
2: It really is. And I think we're changing as a species. Yes. And, you know, it's hard to change. I'm older. And it's hard to change. I mean, that's what people say. When you get older, it's hard to change. But uh, I try to welcome it but you also have to change to be viable yes we have to stay relevant
1: evolve yeah yep and I do think there's a lot of positives with how the industry has evolved but I also think there's an oversaturation and I think I mean it's it's very capitalist obviously mm-hmm. and I think that's what's hard is you're we're consuming so much more now with ads and everything I think i've talked about this before like you ariel who has normal skin sends me some <laughs> serum that's for acneic oily skin and you're like do i need this and i'm like do you have acneic skin do you have oily skin no you do not why are we well they were
0: they we were marketing this? it really well they were just talking about an ingredient and how right. well that ingredient works to just give old-fashioned you
2: marketing skin. it's yeah, like the old exactly. infomercials they would just suck you up and yes yeah. oh
0: my gosh I love an infomercial, but like I a think, late night. Oh, yeah. Retro.
2: I remember some incredible thing that would cover like any birthmark. And these, you know, <laughs> these, <laughs> these people with these horrific giant marks were suddenly normal and had the most perfect skin. I was like, oh, crying. Oh, I need that. Did you try it? No. I think I tried one. It was just way too heavy for me. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> or the I've, all the hair ones. There used to be like the origami and the bumpet and all the things. I think I had a bumpet. You did have a bumpet. I, I, I can confirm. I, bump it I have too. put a bumpet in your hair for
0: you and teased it. Yeah. <laughs> I I just what can I say? I love I love big southern hair. Yep. <laughs> and I don't have it naturally. Of course. We all want what we can't have. So, sort of circling back to um, talking about what it takes to become an injector. Like potentially talking about certifications and anything that doesn't involve having a medical license, Melissa. What would you say? How long do you think it takes to become an injector? And how long did it take you to hone those skills? I know that you you say that you've been doing it for thirty years. No, well,
2: fifteen years in aesthetics medicine, a nurse before. Um, I think it took me. Well, for one thing. It's crazy. There's homework every night because the industry is growing and changing and we're learning so much and there's more products, more procedures. Sometimes, you know, a new product will come out and I just wait and let everybody else try it because it's going to fizzle.
1: Or it won't and then you're like, oh, that's that's something yeah. to grab onto. Now yeah. I'll bring it in, mm-hmm. right,
2: right. It, you know, in California, any doctor or nurse um, can go take a Botox course. Many people offer them. And they get, you get a certificate that says you, you could yeah. do Botox or Dysport or whatever the brand is. There's many brands of that. this particular type. It's just that we know the word Botox more commonly, like, you know, Kleenex instead of facial tissue. Botox was the first one. It's very well known. I like Botox just fine, but I love Dysport. <laughs> I sell mostly Dysport and Xeomin. I sell a little bit of Botox, a little bit of Java.
0: I tried Xeomin. I liked it. You did
2: like it. Yeah. 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 And they all have their points and they all have their, you know, they're all going to tell you what's why there's this best, but um, there's not really a nation, well there is and there isn't, so I'm going to toot my horn about ISPAN, I-S-P-A-N, it's an acronym for International Society of Plastic and Aesthetic Nurses, so we have an exam and you can get credentialed as a plastic surgical nurse or an aesthetic nurse, two different tracks, and you have to be in the industry working full-time for a core physician, meaning You can't go inject Botox or a wrinkle relaxer or something for an orthopedic surgeon for two years. It has to be a plastic surgeon, um, a dermatologist, an oculoplastic, or uh, facial head and neck plastic surgeon. So the core physician, you have to be doing that for two years. So a relevant, yes, a relevant area of medicine. (laughs) And then you take um, an exam, a written exam. And there's a lot of questions on there, uh, very specific to what we do. Yeah. Kind of like, I think, I mean, I haven't been to beauty school, but you know, when you go to cosmetology school, you get the certificate, but you haven't really practiced a lot, right? You got to go out and do it.
0: Do you do
2: any practice as
0: part of the training?
2: Depends on where you go to school or where you take a course. Oftentimes people will go to take maybe a laser course or some type of combined therapy course where they can learn many skills so they can be successful in their business. Right. Mm -hmm. Because
0: I was actually Alyssa's wax model when she was...
2: Oh, I think I remember hearing about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I've told or, this story or, on the show yeah, before.
0: Yeah. Um, if you listen back, I think it was episode two when we were talking about waxing. Right. And I told the story of Alyssa's <laughs> attempt to give me a Brazilian during <laughs> beauty school. Again, I have gotten much better. <laughs> Amazing. No, 10 out of 10. can't recommend you, you're waxing now enough, but... Yes definitely getting that practice, getting those reps in is super important. Mm-hmm.
1: I, do, I can speak for beauty school. You definitely don't get enough in beauty school. There, there isn't enough application practice. Um, cosmetology, is primarily hair, but you technically, and I've always thought this is weird. To be a cosmetologist means you can also practice aesthetics, but you barely learn aesthetics in cosmetology Ooh. school. It is primarily hair. Interesting. They, they barely learn waxing, they barely learn makeup, and they barely learn like skincare and facials. And I remember the cosmetologists would come to our classroom and ask for help and practice. They're like, can we practice facials on you? Can you teach us blah, blah, blah during downtime because they, didn't get enough practice so what
2: do they do though like you go to a specialized school like a private school that somebody has only makeup or is that how you get is that what some people do so
1: basically the way to do it is you you get your if you want to do cosmetology because you want to be able to do hair as well you do that and then you have to go on to do further certifications outside which isn't required because california doesn't require continued education in order to renew your license which is weird to me because they're very strict on everything else but that, it's, it, you don't have to do continued education. You you can just renew without taking a test or
2: anything. Wow. See, as a nurse, we have to use continuing education. And for me to keep my CANS, Certified Aesthetic Nurse Specialist, it has to be, it, it, a certain percent has to be within my specialty to keep me, you want to stay active and, yeah. and current.
0: Well, knowledge and like science is changing. So presumably you would want to stay up to date with everything that is right mm-hmm. like
2: new so I didn't really answer your question when did I feel <laughs> proficient yeah I I think I'm a little too humble because I never really feel there's just oh. you're never done like at the word master mm-hmm. some of my friends oh you're a master injector you're and I'm like you're never a master you're always a student right so I mean I guess I within a, the first couple years I was doing things pretty well
0: would, when I, would you say you would would have felt comfortable injecting um, a celebrity or someone that you had, like, someone that intimidated you? A high-pressure client. Yeah. When At what point would you have said yes to that client?
2: Probably a lot longer than I should have. <laughs> um, I mean, I think I was proficient and yeah. wouldn't hurt anybody or harm anybody. And I don't mean harm them in a bad way. I mean, I don't think I would get any untoward results where they're like, oh, you dropped my brow or something like that I think it, at about two years I was fine but uh-huh. depends on the numbers that you're doing as well
0: and how do you get the practice in those two years
2: well you want to be busy but uh-huh. you don't want to be too busy um
0: I mean you're taking people yeah so you take clients That's what you so do it for, helps yeah it for. helps
2: when you're in an office where there's a plastic surgeon already okay. so you're getting all their feeders uh I don't mean to say anything negative about some of the um can I say Groupon or I'm nothing against Groupon or <laughs>
1: I would agree with where you're going with like yeah. this one, yes. I'm not
2: against that. Like a lot of a lot of med spas I know will do I don't understand the rules about the bargain, the bargain things, but I think it has to be like 50% off or something so they'll get patients in on something like a hydrofacial or a less invasive procedure and the patient likes the clinic, likes the person, oh come back for filler. There are rules about, you know, you can't really raffle off or give away a prescription. There's rules about the money, rules about the drug. I am very careful and I don't do a lot of that. I see a lot of, I see a lot of that happening in social media or online.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
2: And I don't think people think about it. It's very what, quid pro quo, like, hey, I'll give you free this if you. People don't take it as seriously. If you let me film you. And I just, that doesn't feel right to me it just doesn't feel right to me that's me personally i'm mm-hmm. not saying it's wrong or right it's just my personal choice yeah so yeah anyway i'm still learning and i i you just you can't believe how much there is to learn yeah it definitely it just it really never ends I, and i, I have, teach people now too and i still go oh i got i got my homework tonight too
1: <laughs> i would agree with you like even in in my realm um you know i feel i feel like the best way to describe it is that You may never feel like a master, but there comes a point where you feel more confident. Yes. And I feel like I'm confident now, but then I go online and I see things and sometimes I forget, you know, all the, I don't know, forget the ingredient or whatever. And I, I'm not as proficient in like a certain service or there's a new service that's come out or a new product that does something. And I'm like, oh man, now I have to do more homework. Like you said, you don't (laughs) use
2: something for a while. I used to do a lot of peels, different types. And I was very proficient with those. I still have that memory in my head somewhere, but I would have to, I would have to refresh.
1: Yeah. And in order to describe it and explain it and talk about the science behind it.
2: And the percentages and the doses. Yes,
1: exactly. I, uh, somebody asked me about pH. And I just like I shot out an answer and I was like, that's not the, that's not the answer. That's I said peels are like 7.5. And he was like, so they're like nothing. And I'm like, wait, no, they're not. I don't know why I said that. This yeah. is
0: someone we know who studied chemistry. Yes. So and I was like
1: that. I don't even know where that number came from. I just <laughs> said something. And then I was like, that is 100 percent not right, because that is not acidic at all. <laughs> For the record, what is it? Uh, well, peel, it goes from,
2: from one to 14.
1: Yeah. Okay. But then uh, the.
2: Or zero to 14, I guess. The Alkaline. Peels the are base. usually
1: like 1.1, 1. 1, 1. 1.5 to like okay. full, under four, the pH. I think the ones I have are like 1.5 and two.
0: That doesn't mean much to me, but for someone who knows something about chemistry, that might mean something.
1: I've never had a client ask me that. So I think that's why. <laughs> but it, I did learn that, that information. I just, that's the thing is you learn this stuff and not all of it you use every day. So then you kind of forget. Yeah. And then you get the one client who asks you and you're like, uh, uh, good practice.
0: (laughs) Keeps you on your toes. Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) So Melissa, what makes a good injector and what would you say are red flags? Like if you are someone, if, if for example, if I hypothetically in the not too distant future, we're going to look for an injector what would you tell me to look for and what would you advise against
2: I would just I think passion is really huge sure maybe they're not that experienced but they love what they do and they're on their way and honesty I remember telling somebody you know you're my 35th patient that sounds like enough and is that not enough it just didn't feel like enough to me at the time, something. And they were very thankful. They said, thanks for telling me, and I, I trust you. So it worked Aww. to my advantage for doing that. That so had to feel good. It did being feel told, good. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I trust you. Yeah. And the fact that they're running, are, are they running away from something? I see a lot of people, because I do private teachings, I, I get a lot of people who come to me, they they really want to get into aesthetics but they're once again they're not passionate about it they just really hate what other job they have right now so no blame because we you got to try different things right to get yeah. out or you're not going to know unless you try but ultimately they're just not really interested or they think they're going to have a med spa and make a lot of money but they're not <laughs> willing to invest in their own education i have spent that tens seem- of thousands on my own a lot of people want to go get hired by a doctor yeah and the doctor's going to pay for all their education and then guess what happens they leave and go somewhere else and I get that I get why med spas uh, people who hire injectors are cautious like that because it's a lot of money and time yeah it's a big investment for everybody Mm -hmm. so you have to invest in yourself that's what I did I had a big a PTO dump. I was working at a hospital. It was a, a rather new job for me. I was a traveling nurse for many years, so I've been in many hospitals. But I had this job for a year. I knew I was going to get a big paid time off dump and some time off. And I went and took a course for ten days. And the course just happened to be lasers, injectables, so- pills, all kinds of things together and it was in a community where I used to live in a very warm place in Arizona and there was lots of sun damaged people and they had a clinic attached so what I did was you could have your friends and family or peers co-friends whatever come to this school attached to uh, the clinic attached to the school and you could give them a treatment with a with the guidance of a professional nice. and I just kept a log of everybody I treated which wasn't very many people but the fact that I kept a log I would show that when I went on job interviews you know this was back in the day where I sent out I sent out like 125 paper resumes and I only got two responses back I was really depressed and then
0: that's about the ratio that we get these days maybe for for virtual
2: wow really yeah oh yeah yeah so being interested being aware (laughs) knowing being willing to say there's so much I don't know yeah so
0: Someone who is clearly very passionate, interested, and they can be an early in their career as long as they're open and honest with you about it and seem trustworthy. Is that Yeah. I
1: think that about so. It? I think okay. so. I feel like to speak to the, the passionate part, that's it's important because it means that they're do if they're passionate about it, they're doing their homework, they're doing their research, they're looking into everything, they're passionate about what they're doing they're not just doing it to make money yeah they're like they're really giving it their all and if they're passionate about it they probably know a lot they're they're learning even if they're not super seasoned they're more in the know than somebody who's just like whatever it's just another face and whatever like I don't care let's just put (laughs) Botox in it let's do this in it or you're asking me for this I'm not going to give you a consultation I'm Mm -hmm. just gonna you want a lot okay let's do it
2: or being rushed you know once again, nothing against anybody I've worked for, but when you're in an office and your job is to do a 10, 15-minute Botox or Wrinkle Relax or disport uh, patients, that's too rushed. I remember mm-hmm. working for someone, and I wanted to bring in my consults as one hour. And I have to say the office was really cool, and they were like, well, okay, but what do you need an hour for? But they were cool with it. They said, okay, I can't imagine why you would need to spend an hour with a patient first time, but we're gonna we're going to let you do it. And what we learned was that... The retention of those patients, maybe they didn't book right away, but they were, the numbers, the sales were much bigger, they came back, they booked more frequently, they spent more money, they were more invested in me because I spent the time to be invested in them. And I remember the office manager going, I'm really surprised because I thought, you know, would you rather have... Three patients that spend $5,000 or would you rather have, you know, $200 patients Quality all day? versus
1: quantity. Mm-hmm. You're personalizing it for them. Yes. And while, yeah, you can get, you know, you could book out every 15 minutes and get that, but then those people may not, they, they're they shopping around for the next deal, the next person, because they're not loyal to you and yes. how you do it. and by your personalization that hour mm-hmm. you're be you're becoming loyal to them you're like I want to understand what it is you want and give you exactly what it is you want so that you leave the happiest you can be
2: and that, I have to correct myself because I I'm a different personality I don't like to rush I think it's all those years of trauma surgery there are clinics that I've been I worked at a clinic once it, it's a beautiful clinic it's very loud it's energetic it's vibrant busy, busy young active and I I, I I was just miserable there, and I couldn't figure out why. It does sound stressful. It was just too much for me, and but some people love that. So I realized it's not a wrong or right; it's a personal preference. So I attract the type of patients I hope, and I well, I see that now in my practice. I have curated a patient list, and they're attracted to me, and I'm attracted to them, and I'm not offended. I'll tell my new patients at the intake, if you don't like my style, I will not be offended. I've got tons of peers and mentors to refer you to. There's enough in this world for everybody. It's community over competition. I think it's a strong message in my industry, actually.
1: I, I agree. and I There are I, I, there are a good amount of people who are like that, and I've met them. And they're the ones that are, are not like that who I've also met. But I feel more often than not I account, encounter people like you and who are like-minded in that regard.
0: I feel like that also speaks to like the energy you're putting out there and who you're making an effort to connect with.
1: Well, it's the same thing she was saying, like, attracting clients, but we're also attracting people within our industry who are like-minded.
0: And collab- want to collaborate. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, speaking of injections, what exactly are toxins like Botox and Dysport? Is mm-hmm. that how you pronounce yes. it? Yes, Botox, I've always,
2: Dysport, Xeomin, Javot, and Daxify. So, they are a category of drugs. They're botulinum toxin. They're classified as type A, there's type B, type C, there's different types, but these are, they have many medical uses. Um, I'm going to mention a fabulous uh, trainer and injector, I think she's in Torrance, is, uh, it's injectability, Leslie Fletcher, she teaches a course on, like, obscure uses for Botox. And I have many, many peers and mentors in the industry, but I just thought of her when you said that. So I saw it first in the operating room we would use it for to relax muscle so it temporarily weakens a muscle okay um it blocks the um there's a receptor site of the motor nerve it blocks the effects of acetylcholine which is a neurotransmitter okay and so i could tell you scientifically what it was but i mean but it won't it'll sound like weird it I just relaxes a, mu- a muscle temporarily. Sometimes we want a muscle relaxed, like if something's spasming. Right. Um, there was a, uh, when I was a traveling nurse, they were doing some experiments. For example, um, a, a breast reconstruction, a woman with breast cancer, a general surgeon comes in and removes the breast, a mastectomy, mm-hmm. and they were trying, and the plastic surgeon comes in and does an immediate reconstruction with implants or whatever, and they were injecting Botox along the muscle, the chest wall to help with the healing. Oh uh, yeah isn't it amazing um, they use it for things like drooling um, <laughs> headaches migraine headaches yes, yes I've, I've heard, heard that. that yep mm-hmm. there's uh, yeah. i think there's 13 15 medical uses and we all know the word botox because it was the first one in our country it's a be- like i said it's a very good product i just happen to love Disport better they all work basically the same way some of but of course you know the manufacturers and the reps are going to say no mine's better because of this it (laughs) depends you know you could say it's like coke and pepsi some people have used that analogy um and they last about 12 weeks that's what the manufacturers mostly say but it depends i have people on a budget they come in twice a year and get their frown done i have other people who come in every 10 12 weeks and spend two thousand dollars doing their face their neck their underarms helps with sweaty stop sweating um, so it's a, it's a pretty big gambit. Wow. So
0: in your opinion, there isn't a huge difference between the products. It's more branding
1: and preference.
2: My, my preference is Disport. Um, it has a little bit of a different diffusion. It is clinically proven to set up a little more quickly, but you know, we don't know, we haven't had these things for 50 or a hundred years. Like what do we okay. know about immunity? We don't really no. can you build up tolerance to one and not another i just i just think it's going to take more time um
0: i think they're all very good so far there haven't been any issues since we've gotten them
2: (laughs) correct i mean well minus user error right yes or somebody injecting a product that's not really um perhaps fda approved or Uh there's a I, i collect weird books about like i'll find these odd botox books and there was a book about a couple i think they were what a genre both doctors married maybe florida someplace east and they had been getting botox with success and then they somebody offered them like this discounted non-fda product and they both ended up in the hospital it was not dosed properly they survived but yeah things like was their face okay yes the, the good... Th- it recovered. Yes. That's and good. for the type of Botox we do for beauty, um, wrinkle relaxers is what I like to call them. Some people say toxins, and I don't mind that, but it sounds so toxic, right? Right. So yeah, I like to say wrinkle bit... relaxers. That's what I call them. <laughs> Be- better branding. Yes. The, I, I agree. The good news is it's temporary. The bad news is it's temporary. So if you like the results, you can... Just keep doing it. The bad news is I'm, you know, making a bunch of addicts. It will completely (laughs) leave your system with no long-term effects if it's done properly in the correct dose. Completely gone. And then you're like, wait, I want it back.
0: Yeah, I did. I did want it back. Okay. So you've had it. Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: I've still not had. Not tried it yet. Tried anything yet. I've thought about it. I've actually really thought about... um, Something for my my trap, my trapezius Mm -hmm. muscle, because I hear from all the work that I do, bending over and everything, I'm developing, it's like getting thick right here, and it hurts all the time, and I've heard that it it gives you some relief.
2: Yes, and that's, um, this is true, but it needs to be looked at. From a medical standpoint, and you need to be worked up properly instead of just, you know, for beauty. A lot, a lot of people are like, oh, I want a longer neck. And if you, or they come in with these things, it's all about beauty, but they're not really thinking about or understanding what the risks of those injections could be.
1: I didn't even know that it could make your neck. All I knew is I saw somebody was like, I did it and it gave me relief. And she was a lash tack on, and I was like, wait, I want that. I want relief. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. yes
1: talk to your dog. Just like
2: masseter there's trends you know somebody posts something and then you see the trends and people are like oh I can get Botox in my masseter to make my face look more slim or not you know not to have so much jaw pain.
1: I thought about that too because I have a round face but then I was like I think I don't really have much of a jaw bone so I feel like I would just look it would look weird like I (laughs) would like having what I have there it's kind of defines my face more and if I got rid of that I feel like I'd look like I had no jaw.
2: Well, you, the you, good news is you could always try it and it's see, temporary. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. temporary. It is temporary.
0: That is both a blessing and a curse, as you say. <laughs> so, if you're going to get toxins or wrinkle relaxers injected into your face, what would you say is a reasonable amount in a session to do? I'm gonna tell you that I think when I tried it, it was around 20 units in my forehead. So th- my frown line and the the line in between my eyebrows, th- that was it. I didn't let her do like my smile mm-hmm. lines by my eyes or anything else.
2: Okay. Well, the problem is there's all these different drugs and they're all dosed differently. Yeah, for example, 20 units of Botox is roughly equal to 60 units of Dysport. So, some oh. people will call and say, Hey, how much are you charging for your Dysport? And I tell them a low price, and they're like, Wow, I want that. But they don't realize <laughs> they need three times as much. That's so, a really good thing to be aware yes, of. And it's highly individualized, and it's depends on faces. Most of the people I know, when we inject the frown, it's a pretty happy factor. Um, These muscles go in and down, you know, where your 11s come. So just smoothing that and opening it up doesn't really change your look a lot, but it it helps you look younger. The forehead, I'm ultra conservative. It's very rare that I will inject just a forehead on its own because the way the muscles work. There's only one muscle that really lifts the whole forehead. So if you paralyze that and weaken it, it looks incredibly smooth. But depending on the patient, they can look maybe a little tired and heavy because (laughs) they don't have that muscle tone
1: that's interesting Mm my mom they her she she and my stepdad have a house in mexico and they there's a dermatologist that they see down there and she told my mom that she didn't think she was a good candidate for that because it would cause them it to droop yes and so she was like that's not i don't think that that's something you should do yes and I'm was like, "Oh, and I, I had never heard of that. I didn't know that that." But then that's what makes mm-hmm. you know a good injector, somebody who can look at it and be like, "You're not a candidate for that."
2: Yeah, I have said no. I think a good injector—that's another thing I didn't think of when you asked me before—somebody who'll say no. Um, people don't realize that. You know, there are risks. For example, with the glabella, the frown line—I forget the exact number. I want to say it's around three point two percent chance. There's a three point two percent chance. Let's just say. I know somebody's going to call me out and say, that's wrong. But let's say there's a 3.2% chance that when I inject your frown, your globular complex, you could have a heavy eyelid. It's called an eyelid ptosis. It can be just a slight heaviness or it can be a closed eye. There was some celebrity had that during COVID and she Uh posted it. And one eye was, you know, your brain takes over. It's like, wait, this eye isn't opening. Your brain opens your other eye more. She looked like Popeye. You know, one eye was completely (laughs) open. One was closed. At least it was temporary. But I remember looking at I I can't think of who it was, but I remember looking at the pictures going, wow, that's like the worst textbook case you'd ever seen, right? Oh, no. Yeah. There's risk with every area. And I verbally go over those with my patients, too, just the ones that I want to remind them about. And I tell them about the the, the eyelid ptosis.
0: So the units for toxin depend on what kind of toxin it is. Yes. And also where it is on your face. Yes. If you're getting it injected everywhere. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So... You know, maybe like a there's on-label and off-label, so FDA-approved areas and non-FDA-approved areas. So, for example, and this is just a a massive generalization, but 20 units of Botox in a frown, I would put 60 units of Dysport. Mm -hmm. Maybe around the crow's feet, the lines around the eyes, maybe 10 each side, so 20 of Botox, I would do 30 and 30 of Dysport. But, of course, it's dependent on the patient. And you know, we're taught like certain injection patterns to be safe and I think that's a great way to start. But then you start looking at the patient, you look at your patient, you feel their muscles. You actually put your hands, I put my hands on them, have them raise and frown and you, everybody's so individual and you can get away with a lot less. I wanna save my patients money, but I also want them to have an effective treatment and dosage equals duration. So right. sometimes people come in and they're like, I want a little bit here and they come in a month later, I want this and I tell them no, Save up and get a full treatment twice a year instead of just, you know, if that's your budget, just do the full treatment, get the full effect instead of little bits and pieces.
1: Yeah,
0: because I feel like if you get part of your optimal treatment done, you're never going to be as happy with the results as if you get the full treatment done less often.
2: Yes. And a follow up's really important. I, a lot of clinics I've worked at in the past, a follow-up wasn't that important, but I really want to see my first time patients a couple, two weeks after injection wow, with wrinkle really? relaxer, because I, I'm getting to know their face and, you know, sometimes they're incredibly busy and they're far and they're like, I love it. It's great. They'll try Text and send a me a picture or something, but, um, I, I try to see them and I know a lot of people can't be bothered with that
0: that sounds yeah that sounds like it would be challenging to to do that but you know if you're if you are in it for the long haul if you're committing to to getting injections on a semi regular basis mm-hmm. i think that's an, a really good service to offer is the follow up and sort of the that consult that post consultation mm-hmm.
2: it's the relationship it's not i'm not a wrinkle relaxer factory
0: I think I think what I had done was kind of a wrinkle relaxer factory situation
1: I feel like when you go to any place that's like offering that's constantly offering some sort of promotion or discount it's likely a wrinkle relaxation factory it was a promotional a a promotional event for a local
0: clinic so they were doing like an injection event
2: well sometimes that's just a way to bring in new patients and clientele I get that
1: a one-off. I but I see places where they're like it's like every other week they're like promotion this and like this, the uh, I don't know what is it called a syringe is half off or it's this much per unit and it's like all the time mm-hmm. and I feel like those places are probably a little sketch. You
0: think that makes you trust it less if they are constantly offering a deal?
1: Well, it seems more about volume of clients versus like quality. That they're, they're trying to get more people in, which is not a bad thing in and of itself, but like we were talking about, going every 15 minutes, like being that booked out, they don't have the time to like sit and do a consultation and get to know you and what your goals are. It's more like you go in, you tell them they're going to do it, and they'll, they'll probably do it well, like they're not going to kill you or mm-hmm. You know, do it <laughs> Hopefully wrong. Hopefully, not give you a bad result. But they're they're not doing what she said, where she's looking at them and getting to know them and getting to know exactly what it is they want and and tailoring it to their face so that one, it, it costs the right amount. Does it cost too much? And two, that it's doing what they want it to do, and not having these like alternative results that are against what they
2: want especially with your work too because you really have to get to know that patient's skin and what they're going what's going through their life and uh, yeah you need that time
1: uh, absolutely um esp- especially with like chemical peels i the biggest thing is working out and clients are like but can i work out that day? no no you cannot work out <laughs> that day of after a chemical peel or s- up to several days after but
0: you're not I, supposed to work out after getting a toxin injection right
2: well th- once again it depends on who you ask and my opinion is that yes um, you know you could do a light you could It's not that we say don't lay down but it's really not about laying down on your back i wouldn't want to inject something into the muscles of your face and then you go get a massage and you've got your face in a massage Mm. table cradle i wouldn't want you to wear a a hat with a tight brim that might push that drug down you know we've put this drug into the muscles and it's going to diffuse and disperse the way we want it to so i don't want that changing so it depends some people say no you can work out but i I, you know, they're tiny, tiny little holes. Now, this isn't filler or another another treatment, but for wrinkle relaxers, I just say go about your day and be upright for four hours.
0: I think when I had it, I had a headache, so I didn't want to work that's, out.
2: That's <laughs> very common, and I think sometimes it's almost a sense, I mean, this has happened to me. I had a, not a headache, but a sense of fullness or pressure the mm-hmm. first couple times, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. We've got a, a liquid, we've never had a liquid put in that muscle before, right? Yeah, and exactly. And it, it's going to feel weird, but it goes away, and then you love the results, and you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, a step up from r- wrinkle relaxers. I feel like wrinkle relaxers are fairly common. A lot of people do it. Yes, but fillers are maybe a little bit less common. Am I wrong to think that, or
2: you know, it depends on what part of the country you're in. I think there. No, I think a lot of people are really into fillers. People
1: so. are getting yeah, fillers yeah, now lip too. Fillers, especially. I, I oh, don't yeah. So many. Cl- I would say. Half my clients get both Wow Get Bo- mm-hmm. fi- uh, Botox or, or Living my in. best yeah. life <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean I could too Yeah I just haven't <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yes
2: So fillers Oh boy I think I see a lot of faces That I think have too much filler
1: Yeah All the time None of my clients I'm not talking about any of you guys Don't worry You are all beautiful Yes And perfect angels Mostly perfect angels.
0: <laughs> and actually, um, you, Alyssa, and Melissa have a mutual client. We yes, do.
2: that's how we learned about each other. Exactly,
0: how we, that's how we connected. Well, shout out to Kate.
2: Yes, thank you, Kate. Thank you,
0: Kate, for listening and for getting us connected. And I don't know if you can hear Ollie in the background being a menace, <laughs> but he's back. Here. I know you love him. He's here. <laughs> so Kate was in here the other day, and um, I was just waiting. I think I was waiting for Alyssa sitting in the lobby here and Ollie was hanging out with me and Kate was like a little bit disappointed that Ollie was probably not going to come hang out with her during her treatment. That's funny.
1: When somebody's in the lobby, she's he's, a little he's jealous. He's like wants to be around all the action. <laughs> but when nobody's here, he lays on my clients and he mm-hmm. loves laying on Kate. Kate, Kate is
0: a big Ollie fan.
2: That's cute.
0: Ollie and Kate besties. <laughs>
1: but yes, Kate goes to you for, I don't know what she goes through you for specifically, but she goes she, to you. Yeah.
0: So what would you say your most popular filler treatments are?
2: I actually don't do as much filler as I do collagen stimulators oh, or biostimulators. Okay. So just quickly, HA, hyaluronic acid, that's what most of the dermal fillers are made of. They're just a sugar, basically. We have hyaluronic acid in our body. It's in our joints, our skin, our connective tissue. It's in a lot of skincare, yeah, too. Yeah, I read, I think I read that... Um, mammals have 15 types and we make it every day we burn through it we metabolize it we make it every day just constantly that's our jobs as humans and i think the first hyaluronic acid that was for injection not topical was from um the little thing on a rooster the rooster comb so connective tissue yeah So it's just made in a lab and they come in different thicknesses. Some are more flozy, some are more sturdy. Every (laughs) company says mine's the best because of X, Y, and Z. Of course, marketing. Yes, and there are many, 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 many versions now. And, you know, we can, you can use the analogy of filling up a balloon because we lose volume because this is something many people in our industry said. I think I told you earlier, the bones in the face age faster than any other bones in the body because they're not weight-bearing. So when you're exercising, walking you're moving the calcium and the minerals through your bones and your face just doesn't get that much. And we like to say that the face is a table. The bones of your face are a table. Your skin is a tablecloth. And what's happening as you get older is your table's getting smaller and your tablecloth starts to sag and drag down downward. So you could get a, a neck lift or a lower facelift. That would be like like hemming a pair of pants. You're just gonna hem that cut off that extra skin. That's such and, a great visual. Yeah, and, and tack it up. Or you can, to some degree, inflate that balloon. So we can put fillers in different depths. We can use them closer to the surface. We can use them deeper. We can put them right along the bone. That might sound scary, but it's safer in many, many areas. Um, So, And they're dissolvable, which is lovely. Not that you want to dissolve them, but there's an antidote, hyaluronidase, and that helps distribute and break it down. Um, If there's an emergency, if we get hyaluronic acid or a filler in a blood vessel it can <sighs> compromise your blood flow Ooh. a vascular necrosis and it can be very frightening i've had that happen and i wouldn't wish it on myself again or anybody i did get i've gotten through two and it's quite scary because you're realizing you you could really hurt a person and there have been cases of blindness <gasps> When it uh, some of the arteries uh, dead end, they sort of like terminal arteries behind your retina. Uh Um, So you know, so there's a lot. That's a significant risk. It's a significant risk. Yes, Uh, very rare. Usually, and I'm I know I'm going to get I'm going to get blasted for this, but (laughs) I believe it's I think the incidence is more. Uh, in other countries um, using a non dissolvable to create a nose bridge. Ooh. Oh yes, yeah. the the non surgical mm-hmm. nose job yeah. that yeah. And then the nose is very tricky the way the vessels are closer to the eye. Um, a lot of people don't do noses uh, on on purpose because we want to sleep at night. So one of <laughs> my one of my vascular occlusions was a nose and it was quite for, I mean we don't have to go through that but it all turned out well. And what I didn't know the patient had not lied on purpose, but she denied having any surgery. But afterwards we discovered she'd had a rhinoplasty. (gasps) I would never have injected her nose the way I did or at all if I'd known that she'd had a rhinoplasty. So medical history is important. So it's not like let's go to the mall and get our hair done and our nails and our Botox and our filler. Right. They're medical procedures. You really need to take them seriously. Take them seriously. Yes. Because you could go blind. Yes. Yes. And other and other fun things. So that's the hyaluronic acid. That's kind of my summation of that. And then I'll just quickly tell you there are other products that were mostly, um, so instead of putting filler in your face and it wears out, these are something that we put in that gives you a little bit of volume, but it's a collagen stimulator. So it stimulates collagen. We all want more collagen in our skin as we age. Thickens your skin, gives collagen. So those are products that I love. I also love the regenerative therapies where I draw your blood, spin it down in a centrifuge, and I re-inject certain properties of your blood to help you look and that stay younger. That sounds
0: so cool and sci-fi.
2: And it's growing and changing. We're doing so much more than we did before.
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And you offer something called Sculptra Aesthetic?
2: Yes, that's one of the collagen stimulators. My two favorite products are Sculptra Aesthetic for a long time and Radius. They're both collagen stimulators. They are not dissolvable, and people get afraid of that. But it depends on how you use them. Um, I've been using them for years with no problems, and we could get into the semantics. You know, there's a lot of people who really believe in only using HA, hyaluronic acid, for right. volume. I always liked Sculptra, but but I didn't love it till I started getting it in my own face mm. and I do it every year, my birthday month. Cause it's, you know, people think, Oh, you get it for free all the time. No, I don't get it for free. I, sometimes <laughs> I do or I get a deal, but I time it. I think it's wise to time it like my consumer or my patient would. If you get your sculpture treatment once a year around your birthday month, you're like, okay, I've got this budget, but this is the long term thing. So I've had sculpture in my face nine or 10 years in a row and my skin's better now in my 60s than it was in my 40s. And Your I, skin
0: is amazing. I thank
2: you. I believe it's sunscreen and conservative treatments. But, you know, I don't so, see that in the mirror. I see, I, I'm like everybody else. I look in the mirror and I go, oh my God, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> it's the way we are, right? We got to stop that nonsense.
0: We do. Speaking of, you mentioned earlier that you see a lot of people who go a little too hard with the fillers you have seen people come in and they're overfilled and you have said no to clients before and what how do you how do you decide that someone is overfilled and you're, you can't you can't help them or if someone's done um too much botox or how do you, how do you make those decisions
2: well it's hard i try to work with the client sometimes client so you guys say clients i say patients right i try to work (laughs) with my patients and educate them sometimes i'll have you know younger and younger people are coming in and i was a little bit against treating them in the beginning five years ago no you don't need it now i see the point modern medicine is keeping us alive so much longer i'd be doing the same thing if i were them right so i might be able to do things on them now that are preventative for the future If I have a mother-daughter come in, the mother hasn't had, neither one of them has had a wrinkle relaxer. Maybe they've got almost identical faces, just that age. I can't do the same things to the mother than I can the daughter. Or I can, but it's not going to. For example, if we don't have good tone, if we've never injected and we've got a lot of extra skin up on our forehead... I can make that very smooth, but you're going to look tired. It's going to be like, it's going to be a relaxed muscle. And it doesn't, you might look more tired, more heavy around the eyes. So I have to educate the patient. Um, Sometimes when it's too much, I like to show the photographs just like an x-ray. Like here's a broken arm. And here's the, here's the bone all healed. You see the difference, right? <laughs> so when you look in the mirror, you look on your phone, it's different, especially people with body dysmorphic disorder or even not a disorder, just are maybe more sensitive to that. If you show them a photo, sometimes they can they see it differently. So I, I do that. Or um, sometimes, a couple times, I've just had to flat out say, you know, at the risk of making somebody upset, I, I, I can't do that to you. It's I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that to you. It's more about me. Than them at that point right um, I do think because the industry's growing so rapidly sometimes that's a bad thing um, I tended, I go to conferences every year and I heard a couple of people speak doctors about we might be doing long-term damage to the lip anatomy by doing all these pokes and different techniques and that made me think um, yeah do I need to do this particular you know, you see all these different techniques, they all have different yeah. names, and some of them are closer to where an artery is. Ooh. So you don't, you want to be careful. But what if you get a better lift if you're closer to that? So we kind of walk the line. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't want to give all my secrets away and say... <laughs> you know, I'm breaking up with you. But I do try to make it about me. But it, ultimately, it really is about me because I'm not the one feeling comfortable injecting them. Right. And, and yeah. And there's like a careful legal way. Like, let's say you've got somebody then you have you refuse them. You have to get an attorney. Um, w- we have an attorney, of course. Um, there's a very specific way that you go about it in a business and legal sense that you send really? them a letter and blah, blah, blah. But I've never had to do anything that dramatic. I, I'll just say, I don't think I'm the injector for you. I don't feel comfortable. Or yes, I can inject your lips, but I have to dissolve everything first. And they don't want to do that. So they leave and everybody's happy.
0: No, they didn't come to you because they want to redo their lips. They came to you because they want them bigger.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) That's like, Alyssa, you have those clients who want like the big mega volume lash set. Yes.
1: And I mean,
0: you don't have those clients anymore.
1: (laughs) No, I definitely said yes at first. And I disappointed some people because they just weren't as big as they wanted them to be and i'm like these took me so long <laughs> i put so many lashes on you and it's just and it's fine it's just not for me and there's no hate or shade to them and their preferences but it's just not for me
2: good for you good for you i like that
1: yeah so yeah it's it's kind of a parallel there there's a lot of parallels and all ev- everything that she's saying i relate to and of course it's Less extreme, like what? But actually, lash extensions can, if done incorrectly, they can cause cause, blindness, uh, blindness, alopecia, Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff, infections. At least you're not going to cause any
0: vascular necrosis.
1: (laughs) No, I not that, but blindness. (laughs) Those are some
0: really scary words.
1: (laughs) Yeah, necrosis. Yes.
2: When I was a new injector, a high-profile client. Came into um, a med spa clinic where I was working. And um, I didn't want to inject her, but uh-huh. I, I kind of was forced to by the boss. Uh-huh. And I, it was just a tiny little line for, for, it was Botox around the eyes. It wasn't even dysport. And I gave her, I, it looked like I took a baseball bat to her eye. <gasps> I gave her the biggest black eye you've ever seen. I mean, and that was, it went away, but. Right. Oh my gosh, felt so bad.
0: I didn't. I never thought about that, but that makes sense that it, you could get bruising like yes. that. Yeah. I had a little bit of bruising.
2: Yeah. Well, anytime we use a needle on the skin, we've right. got to poke you and we're all, we're all numb to that now. Like we're all perfect and instant gratification. And guess what? It takes time to lose volume. It takes time <laughs> to get it back. It takes time to create wrinkles. It takes time to get it back.
0: That's a really good way to think about
2: it. Think of a piece of paper in a book that you fold once or a piece of paper that you fold once. You can unfold it really quickly. Think of a, a page in a book that's been folded for years and years. I can't get, you know, if you're 60 years old and coming in for your first disport treatment and not wearing sunscreen, you know, work with me, sister. Come on. You got, I, I got to, you got to get on the bandwagon. I still have people not wearing sunscreen, which shocks me.
0: <gasps> no. Yeah.
2: I had a patient recently She just wasn't getting good results I mean good but not great And she confessed that she's been going to a tanning bed Well
0: <laughs> <a> li- <laughs> It's okay
2: that's what he has to say about that.
0: Ollie only supports wearing sunscreen He de- He's very anti-tanning bed
1: That, <laughs> that was his visceral reaction yes, To the tanning bed that's bad <laughs>
0: so your client was using a tanning bed and also investing probably like a decent amount of money on her face
2: Mm -hmm. kind of ironic right
0: yeah that just seems like you're not going to get the roi right (laughs) why would you do that
1: (laughs) i experience that all the time with clients who want chemical peel packages and don't want to do the skincare at home and don't want to wear the sunscreen and want to work mm. out after their, their treatments and mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> or they it's don't want to do the two the two most clinically proven and actually the cheapest things you can do clinically proven beyond a doubt sunscreen and retinols retinoids everyone's retinoc-
1: so afraid of retinoids yeah. and they really? don't really yes because they, they're like it Lay thins, it on me baby it thins the skin and I'm like <laughs> no what it does is it helps with cell turnover mm-hmm. so initially you're going through that peeling process but it helps build collagen it helps do all these things that help strengthen the skin Correct. So at the end of the day, it's thickening it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not thinning it.
2: I think Alyssa and I would be a, a dynamic duo because oh, we are I love both. That. We have very strong opinions about sunscreen and retinol and exfoliation, and yep. for the most part, pretty much yeah. in line. Yeah. Uh,
1: yep. hundred percent. I
0: agree. Uh, yeah. Well, that's going to make this next segment even more interesting. Now we're going to do ask an esti. We do every episode, and it's Alyssa's favorite because. <laughs> we get to answer your questions from you the listener yes we get to know what you're thinking when it comes to beauty and we're always curious about like what could we be talking about more and what what areas have we not talked about yet that we could talk about
1: yeah what are your beauty questions what are your what what do you want to know what do
0: you want to know because we're here to help you Yes. the form is on our show notes so wherever you're listening you can go to the show notes and click on the form submit your question and also if you want to slide into our dms we might also put your question on the show from there too if i'm if i'm feeling really generous if you go to at yba podcast on instagram and slide into our dms with a question i might put it on the show we'll see <laughs>
1: I say we'll put it on the shelf. <laughs> the, the SD <laughs> engage has with our our Instagram. <laughs> we love it.
0: <laughs> the SD has spoken, and today we have Melissa as well. So we tried to make these questions themed with the rest of our conversation earlier about fillers and Botox and all of the fun stuff and that you do. Medical aesthetics. Medical aesthetics today. So from Anonymous in Honolulu, Hawaii says, I've heard that it's a good idea to start getting preventative Botox in your late 20s. Is that true?
2: Well, I probably would have said no a few years ago, Um, begrudgingly. (laughs) I don't think it's exactly late 20s for everyone. Uh It could be earlier. It could be later. It's a personal choice. But like I said earlier, modern medicine is keeping us alive. We want to be viable we I would be doing the same thing at that age I truly would but I also have to remember do I respect age and wisdom do I respect wrinkles yes I do so it's it's a unique thing for everybody everybody's got their own decision but yes if you start earlier you can prevent things from happening later
1: so preventative is real
2: I believe so yes okay absolutely
1: interesting And I was really curious to hear your thoughts on it because I don't have a fully formed opinion because I've heard from, you know, different dermatologists who say yes. One other ones who say no, all the things and all of it sounds legitimate to me. And since I don't do (laughs) it, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I haven't had that practical experience where I've seen Mm -hmm. the results from it. But it makes sense. It does make sense. If you're you're starting it earlier on, you're not going to form those wrinkles earlier on. It's preventative versus corrective. It's the same thing with skincare. If you're doing your skincare at a, correctly and wearing your sunscreen, you're going to have to do a lot less work when you're, when you're older. It's not perfect. It's not like you're going to form nothing. Right. But it's going to keep it as good as it can for longer.
2: Yes. So
0: what I wonder, thinking about um, doing Botox and other toxins regularly when you, if you start earlier and you're do, you end up doing it more throughout your adulthood. Does it build up at all in your system? Is that a, is that a concern at all?
2: Yes and no. For the most part, no. You're, it completely leaves your body. Okay. But we don't. We haven't been doing this for fifty or a hundred or two hundred years. You know, we don't. So we the don't,
0: research is still in progress. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> In terms of long-term clinical studies yes
2: i've only had a handful of patients who it doesn't seem to work on anymore any of the oh. type a's um, i had one patient who i injected years ago i was fairly new it, it was at least 10 years ago nothing worked on her it, and we i think we used botox first didn't work we tried she came back took pictures of course you could see nothing it's not working so we tried Another one, and it didn't work. So there are certain disease processes where people um, either metabolize or can't get certain drugs to work on them. But we don't, you know, long-term, like if you use one drug... Continuously, Are you going to get used to it? Are you going to build up an immunity and it's not going to work anymore? That has not apparently been the case. But I, I think we just don't know. I have a couple patients who've been on one. I tried them on another. It worked a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and I've had two patients. Nothing seems to work on them anymore in the classification A. So we tried um, uh, myoblock, which, which is a type B. And they did have some success with that, but it's much more expensive. It's much more painful and it doesn't last as long. So they're probably not going to stick with that. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have all the answers.
0: Those sounds like, sound like some pretty big barriers for like a treatment. Yeah. Like the ROI might not be there.
2: The person who none of them worked on ever at all. She cried. I remember felt so bad for her because I was kind of a newer injector and I was like, don't cry. You're still beautiful. Yeah. It's Okay. (laughs)
0: That, that sounds rough. Like if you get to a point where you've been doing treatments and just nothing is giving you the results
2: that you want. Mm-hmm. I think of a, a good example is the neck. Like we can do, if I had known years ago that injecting these muscles, um, some people call the nefertiti lift, injecting the platysmal bands, the necklace lines, injecting underneath here to make this, we call it the cervical angle more sharp. If I had known that um, earlier in my career, I would, my neck would look a lot better now. <laughs> but you know what? I I got to let some stuff go, right? I can only do the what idea I can do. Of
0: getting injections on my neck is a little weird.
2: Oh, bring it on. Come on. I can have a party on your neck. We can have fun.
0: <laughs> Same with like under the eyes. I know people really like the filler under,
2: under the eyes. I don't the- do under eyes the way I used to. You know, I still put filler under the eyes, but it's a little bit like Pandora's box. We could, it could look great and not have ever have a problem. Or six months or two years later, you could have this strange swelling. Um, We could block lymphatic drainage. You know, you really have to do a medical intake. There's so many things going on with the under eye. And we now know that by supporting around the eye, first, you will need less product um, in the actual tear trough. And... I often do uh, regenerative therapies. I put PRF there, platelet-rich fibrin. It's like the scaffolding of your blood work. I put an injection there. You're a little bit swollen, but you get 10 days of growth, your own growth factor release. It's beautiful. Wow. And and you have to try it once and see. And some people love it. Sometimes I mix them together. I'll mix the PRF with... um, I only use Restylane under the eyes Mm -hmm. and I make a slushie. I make like a little slushie (laughs) and cocktail. Yeah. And put that underneath the eye. It looks very pretty. It's much safer. You, you don't need as much product. Yeah. I fix a lot of eyes and I'm not an eye specialist at all, but I get a lot of people coming to me with these big bumps And I've even had other injectors send me their patients because they don't feel comfortable dissolving. And I appreciate their honesty, but I'm like, you got to you got to get in there and dissolve, too. That's part of the job. You know, (laughs) doing the dishes is part of being the cook. Right. Or It can be.
0: That's a really good way to put it. If you're if you're doing the cooking, you're making some dishes that need to get washed. Yeah.
2: If something is wrong, how are you going to fix it if you don't know? Yeah absolutely Uh, i'm sure you've had that like when you were talking about those big eyelashes my brain was like well i can imagine all the things that would go wrong or right
1: i've luckily never had anything horrific happen um i would say now i'm a lot more confident in my ability to tell a client like when they're moving too much or whatever like knock it off Um, about um, if they're they're just
0: crying too much on my table yeah
1: I've never had a client cry on my table. This is
0: why I don't get lash extensions. cry on the table? I did once. Oh. Sad (laughs) cries or
2: were your eyes just watering up? You were crying crying?
0: No, I was like sad crying because I was like calm and I was just, you know, like... In that space? Yeah, I was in a sad mood, sad about stuff, and I was
1: just lying on the table and... Did she not talk to you?
0: No, it was just silent and then me crying. And then you just started
1: (gasps) crying... Oh So no I would stop the service immediately I would get a fan I would be like What's going on And then you would tell me Or I would be like We're changing Let's put on something Let's Put on some Let's change the vibe music Yes I would immediately start to cure your lashes I would I would have you I would It would be I'd be mad I mean, I wouldn't really be mad, but it's—you'd it's, be it's, irritated. It's a You'd whole be like, process yeah. to do that, but I'm like, I don't want the glue fumes to mix with your tears and go into your <laughs> eyeballs. So, I think that probably happened. Yeah. So I would like—I <laughs> would stop the process. I would cure the lashes as much as I could. I would take the tape off. I would have you open, and like, we would talk through it for a minute, and I'd be like, "Can you get your <laughs> shit together, or do we need to postpone this? Because I can't <laughs> safely do your lashes while you're crying."
2: Yeah. I would have to stop too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've, I mean, I've had clients cry on my table before about things, but not while I'm doing their lap. No, that's never happened <laughs> to me. But wow. Yep. Feel
0: True story. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so second question is from Bobby in Richmond, Virginia. And he says, the idea of putting acids on your face in a chemical peel freaks me out. Are chemicals peels safe? What is the pH of the treatment, and how does that affect your skin? We talked about this a little bit earlier.
1: We did. Somebody else wants to know the pH of, of the, the peel. Everybody's curious about that today. Um, well, yes, they're safe when done correctly, just like anything else. But, I mean, if, yeah, they're, they are, as far as what I can do, they are probably the most effective tre- in-house treatment I can do on you. And it helps for everything, like a myriad of skin concerns and goals, pigmentation, acne, fine lines and wrinkles, like d- all of it. Texture, it's, um, it penetrates the deepest, it does the most. Um, they're safe when done correctly and when you follow proper protocol after the fact when you're doing what you're supposed to do when you're doing when you're making sure you're not using certain stuff prior to the appointment when you're honest about what you're using like we talked about you're not lying and saying that you you know you didn't just get IPL yesterday or you <laughs> didn't just get like I don't know another peel or you're not using retinols up until the point and but
2: yes i agree there it's how they're used there's so many things we're exposed to every day that are much more alkaline or base than we need and you know I'm very guilty of it I I know I over exfoliated when I was young I was a vicious little I scrubbed with um the apricot pit thing that we're not supposed to say yeah you talked about that on here yep and I remember that's that's what brought it to my mind and I think I actually did damage (gasps) long-term damage to my skin not that you could see then but all of that rigorous scrubbing and now now I'm older I'm like yeah and then we should start a
0: support group for former recovering (laughs) beauty product junkies right users
2: and i know that there's new philosophies what's is it oxygen what's the company they don't believe in any disruption of the of the mantle so we're still learning you know we're gonna look back we'll look back at all these decades from now and go what were we thinking you know i
1: feel like barrier repair is so prevalent now and i don't remember hearing a lot about that i don't remember hearing a lot about it either yeah and now everyone's like your, your skin barrier is impaired. And it's probably from all the St. Ives we were using. Definitely. I don't freaking know. But, like, everyone's barrier is impaired now. and Are we exfoliating too much? I, I Possibly. I can't speak to everyone in the world. But, like, <laughs> it's stuff I that most, you're using. Yeah. I, there are people who don't believe in putting on moisturizer after cleansing. We have a friend who said that. And I won't, I won't argue with her because she's a scientist. But she's like, you know, your skin wants homeostasis. And I'm like, but we're disrupting that by cleansing because it's... it's that's acidic we're putting something on our face and not everyone's skin is able to bring itself back mm-hmm. to homeostasis mm-hmm. so when you apply a moisturizer it's alkaline it's it's helping your skin barrier and not everyone is following proper protocol they're using to they're layering too many things mm-hmm. they're using too abrasive of like physical exfoliation
2: mm-hmm. yeah and i see like once again I see things that I would never do. It's not wrong or right, but I'll see people listing, like they'll show what they put on their face every day, celebrities or peers or mentors. It's like 20 things.
1: Yep. I can't That's do that. Lot and things. you know what?
2: Most of my clients can't either. I've had, and if, I just need the basics. I just, you know, we've talked about this, like, just a good cleanse, use your SPF, use your sunscreen, use your, you know, just some few basics, please. I had a patient come in for a really big injection and she had makeup on and it was 10 in the morning. And I said, remember, I told you no makeup. She goes, oh, this is from last night. It's okay. And I was like, oh, honey, it's not you okay. fail. Oh. You fail. It's not okay. It's even yeah. less okay. Yes. That
1: doesn't yeah. make it better. That, no. That's yes. less okay. Yes. Yes. I, that doesn't
2: happen very often, but once in a while it does.
1: I have clients who come to me, and they regularly come to me for facials, and they wear makeup. And it's the mo- they're my first appointment of the day, and I love them. And I'm. if you know who you are, you know who you are.
2: And you have to take it off, and it's a big baked-on layer. And you're, you're also honest layer. with them.
1: Yes, <laughs> and they know it. And I'm just like, okay. But, yeah, I agree about less is more. And that's why... I'm really big, uh, people ask about the, the brand The Ordinary, and I'm like, you're applying single ingredient things, it's too many, your skin can't absorb that much also, which is why when you're paying more for a certain skincare product, it has multiple, formula- like, multiple things in it, it has a, f- a formulation. So you're getting different forms of exfoliation as well as peptides and ceramides and all that in one product, you don't need 5,000 products when you have quality products, that makes sense. Yeah. Like you, vitamin C and so, I mean, cleanse and moisturize. Period. Antioxidant. But yeah, an antioxidant. Exfoliant,
2: um, both chemical and physical. And you a, say manual and wait, you said it differently than I do. I always say chemical and physical exfoliation, but Mechan- you, mechanical,
1: mechanical. Mechanical. Yeah. yeah. Um, f- yes. Physical and chemical exfoliation, uh, vitamin A, a retinoid mm-hmm. of some kind and sunscreen. And then also, yeah, cleanse and, and moisturize always. That's really all That's you need. Basic. And then of course, do you have, you know, certain concerns? There's st- different forms of like if you're really oily and acneic, salicylic acid, things yep. like that. Rosacea,
2: azelaic uh, uh, as- as- acid. Yeah, acid. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Fine lines and wrinkles, I mean depending on your sensitivity, glycolic or lactic, mandelic. Those things will vary, but overall it's still the same same thing. Same formula for everybody, just different ingredients that they're using. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we know that a lot of celebrities inject, get injections. They're doing all of the treatments. They're doing the treatments that we've never even heard of. They're doing the sheep's placenta facial. They're doing the... Nonsense. Crazy stuff. Experimental. But they're, not all celebrities are as open-minded about their treatments. And the celebrity we're going to talk about today is Jennifer Garner, and she said in a 2022 Harper's Bazaar interview that her best beauty advice is to look at the mirror less and be cautious when it comes to injecting anything into your face. Be very, very incredibly judicious and wait as absolutely long as possible to do anything. And Garner added that people could stand to prize their appearances less overall coming from an widely viewed gorgeous woman like Mm -hmm. we can all agree that she's just stunning but you know everybody should prize their appearance less look in the mirror less obsess less and look at the rest of the world to see what you could be using your time for instead she said we all look at our faces more than people used to and it doesn't do you any good you obsess over changes or how to fix something on your face so melissa and Alyssa.
1: i mean i don't Disagree with her. I do think we look at our faces more because we didn't, I used to have mirrors or phones with cameras. Yes, but I mean (laughs) all of the things, and then people seeing other people's faces on our phones all the time, we're constantly comparing. I do think you should be kinder to yourself and appreciate yourself more. And you said it, you respect the wrinkle. Like it's, there's no no such thing as not aging. Everyone is, everyone ages. Yeah. And we can age gracefully. And, and you can do some things to tweak here and there. And aging gracefully can
0: also mean different things for different people.
1: I, I, I think, to to Melissa's point about not over-injecting people, not do overdoing it, like not trying to completely alter the way you look. And I think that that's my philosophy here isn't... There's no such thing as perfection. It's all about making you comfortable in your own skin and happy. Like acne can be really painful, so I understand why somebody's looking at their skin and they're like, oh, and it hurts and we can correct that. We may not get your skin to a perfect smooth baby's butt canvas, <laughs> but we can get you to a comfortable, happy place. And the same thing with fine lines and wrinkles. But I also think I'm curious to know what she's had done because I know, right. I, was I feel like she's that. had things done and she didn't say, don't put anything in your face. She just said, be cautious and wait a long time. And, either she's being a little dishonest or she's blessed with really good genetics. And she also lives in Hollywood where when she says this, the
0: the standard is different. Right.
1: I, I, I also, I've said this in every episode. I think celebrities have on-call estheticians and doc, plastic surgeons and all of that. And they're doing things all the time. They're getting probably getting Sculptra and things often. And they're like, Oh yeah, I don't inject anything or I don't, you know, I don't do Botox specifically. I don't do... Olive oil. It's so yeah. olive oil. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. The olive oil kills me. I think we've... We ha- I think we have about talked about the olive about oil. olive <laughs> oil. Jennifer Lopez in her olive oil. I mean, it's less harmful than... I
0: think it was nice for the her to advice
1: m- about not wearing sunscreen from Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, but yeah. I'm not a head-to-toe slatherer. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. We still remember that quote. I will never... That'll You're haunt me. It haunts me.
0: <laughs> I think Jennifer Lopez almost, like, said the olive oil thing just so she could market that Skincare line she made that was like somewhat olive oil based.
1: I think she's been saying olive oil for a long time. Okay. And so then she created a skincare line Marketing. with it. Marketing. Yes, okay. exactly. But yes, Melissa, what do you have to say about
2: Jennifer Gardner? Well, I love her and I think she looks fabulous. Um, and I agree with what she says about we're looking in the mirror too much. You know, f- we forget when we look in a mirror, we tend to look down a little bit. And things fall we don't see, we're, we're two-dimensional we don't see ourselves in three dimension the way i see you and you see me mm-hmm, yeah um and back to that comment I, we are changing as a species i think too many people don't see the whole picture they see a before and after you could do a whole episode on before and afters right because yeah. they're so untrue sometimes they're um they're just we're we're giving especially young people the wrong impression about what's possible so I do worry about that.
0: And it's very nitpicky, right? Once yeah. you start, once you start doing things to mm-hmm. your face, you say, oh, well, my, this, m- thing, this that line thing. could be less, mm-hmm. it could be less. Yes. I could get more bo- Botox and then it would be even flatter. Yes. Yes. So what more can I do?
2: Exactly. <laughs> and you just, you can't stop it. So there's other ways to age gracefully, you know, in your spirit and how kind you are to people or um, you know it's not just our physical body and our face is how we age gracefully but you know I know at some point my ego is gonna just oh stay, yeah we're done and I'll be done but for <laughs> now I fight it a little bit I you know I could look better for my age but I, I think I just, you look amazing I, I, I'm I don't just know not... about that I
1: think you look when you said your age I was shocked I had no idea yeah no I think you look
2: well, sunscreen and retinol. You yep. are your
1: your own best billboard, really.
2: I do get told that from, I, I have a lot of patients who come to me because they like that I'm aging um, uh-huh. appropriately, they tell me, or I don't look overdone. And I know, I have to be honest, the first couple of years I was in the industry, I looked like a plastic lizard. <laughs> I was self-injecting. Probably a
1: phase everyone goes through. They're yeah. like, do you remember your plastic lizard phase? Yes, <laughs> I just,
2: I don't condone self-injecting. I think it sends a poor message to, um, for example, I have a, um, I know somebody who self injects and films it all and, and shows it all over their social media. Ooh. I think that sends a wrong message to some of the younger people like, oh, I can just go do it myself. Uh-huh. Um, but I also can't, you know, make a decision for somebody else. I do my own disport. I used to inject myself. I learned a lot injecting myself. Yeah. Um, so it is a valuable tool, I would say. Do it with a peer who also injects with you to try and learn. Like I learned about angles and cannula versus needle, and oh, this hurts, but this doesn't. So it was a valuable tool. Yeah. Mind you, I almost got kicked out of nursing school because I put a feeding tube down my throat. My, <gasps> me and my friend did it because we wanted to see if it was this painful. You know. Was it as painful? It wasn't as bad. It was a little burny, but it was okay. fine. So <laughs> some people like just some painful. people just do that stuff. A lot of people in the medical field. I was thinking about this device. <laughs> Um it's a type of breathing <laughs> tube and you can numb up your throat and put it in and one of the I don't know if it was a guy who invented it, but he sprayed his throat, numbed it up and look how easy it is and I can still breathe. And I was like, Oh my god, I would never
0: Oh well, so that, that I just that's so removed to me. Like the idea of like doing treatments to myself, mm. like that is so weird to it's me. It's a
2: great way to learn. Like sometimes <laughs> I'll I'll inject my forehead massively or I used to uh-huh. because I want to see how smooth I could get it without actually dropping it. So if you look at me when I raise my brows, I have a little little yeah. tiny lines there I could get rid of those easily but if I do then it drops I just look a little and I just don't want to do that so, so this sometimes is, when this I have is... heavy blangs I'll say oh yeah let's do the really heavy disport across the forehead <laughs> give it a try but then I have to go back and that's a matter of opinion some people like a very frozen look I don't I had a patient recently who said I'm so sorry I won't be back and I was for a what? second, I was like, oh, my God, did I do something wrong? And But she was in the chair for a treatment, so I knew that wasn't the case. I said, are you moving? She goes, well, no. My sister's been getting her Botox from overseas. Use the word Botox. And she's having really success with it, and it's very inexpensive, and she just does it in her kitchen. And I said, oh, no. good luck. Good luck. You know, I do a cadaver course almost every year. They're atrociously expensive. I, you know, I study. I go to at least three conferences a year, different ones, to try and learn. I listened to all these lectures.
0: But uh, you're going to get it from your sister? Then, yeah. So they're going to the, order it. And kitchen? is it,
2: I said, be careful what, it, you know, it's probably not an approved product or maybe it is, but you know, we all have our gifts. We all have our specialties, right? Yeah. I have an accountant and a bookkeeper and a lawyer because those are not my gifts. Fair right? Enough. Yeah. I need a marketing you can't. person. <laughs> you can't do it all. So unfortunately I had to, I, I have to, I told her, I said, well, I can't see you anymore. I, I'm sorry. She goes, why not? I said, well, I can't. I can't inject somebody who is knowingly injecting something that I have no idea where it's coming from. How do I yeah. prove that what I injected versus what you injected? What if you have a really bad thing happen?
0: That seems like a big liability. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oof.
0: Can yeah. you imagine if I told you, you know what? I think
1: I'm just going to try waxing myself. I think I'm just going to. You'd say, can you film Can you film that? Uh, I mean, I, I'm like, if you want to give yourself a Brazilian, good luck.
2: Yeah, if you're, I guess you're a contortionist, you could do it, maybe.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I know people who do it, and, and they, they figure it out, but ouch, it hurts. And also, yes, the angles, it's...
0: I had a boss who said that she get, did her own Brazilians at home. She was a psycho. And, like, loved her, but, like, that is some psycho well. stuff. <laughs> yeah, no. Scary. <Just> <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways... Thank you so much for joining us, Melissa. I've loved, loved, loved learning all about medical aesthetics, injectables, delectable injectables. Delectable.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's really fun. I, I loved listening to your earlier episodes. And the more I listened to, I was like, oh, I got to meet these two. <laughs> and um, it's been really fun. I'm glad I came out here. I wish I was in a clinic very close to you. And I'll be one happy oh, relationship, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll spread the love. You. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Cause your clinics are again, one more time,
2: Walnut Creek and Paso Robles. And you can find me at Melissa Gordon RN on Instagram or I'm Melissa Gordon com.
0: Amazing. And can anyone just book with you on your website or yes. request a consultation?
2: Yes, you could book. Um, there's a link that takes you directly to portrait And that's the parent company I'm with. I'm a brand within a brand. Amazing. And yeah, and you have to answer a few medical questions and a photo. It's pretty easy to do. You can make and cancel your appointments. But if it's right before, if it's 48 hours before, you have to call so we can cancel it for you.
0: That's, yeah. That makes sense. Standard. Very reasonable. Yep. All right. Well, it's been so fun. Thank you. Make sure that you are subscribed to your Best CSD Podcast wherever you're listening to podcasts. If you are listening on Apple, make sure you give us some stars. We could use that. That would be nice. Yeah. We love stars. We love we love, we love the five stars. We love stars. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer on the show, make sure you fill out the Ask an SD form, and we will add your question to one of our episodes. Goodbye for now. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank
2: you.